This is the Journal of Ecology podcast. I'm Scott Chamberlain. This is an interview that's part of a series of interviews I conducted at the British Ecological Society meeting in Birmingham in December 2012. In this podcast, I chat with Catherine Priest about her research presented at the meeting. The title of her talk was, Did Bigger Seeds Make Better Crops? Hi, I'm Catherine Priest. I work at the University of Sheffield in the UK um, in the Department of Animal and Plant Sciences and uh, I work with Colin Osborne. So uh, what was your talk on at the uh, BES conference? Well, I'm looking at the importance of seed size in the origins of agriculture, so whether bigger seeded species uh, made better crops. And this is in collaboration with the archaeology department at Sheffield. Um, so we're really trying to base our research within the archaeological framework, but look at it from an ecological perspective. Mm-hmm. So what was the motivation for the research? Well, um, the transition from humans being hunter-gatherers towards uh, doing agriculture is really probably the most important event in human history, the the most uh, crucial change that happened with human evolution. But as yet, it's really not well known why this happened. Um, And in fact, this change was probably more costly rather than beneficial, at least in the early stages. So we're trying to explain why this happened. Could you uh, summarise the... uh the methodological approach that you took? Yeah, so we've been approaching this um, using greenhouse experiments mainly, and we're focusing on species that are from Western Asia, so that's the region known as the Fertile Crescent, which is quite well known as being an area where many uh, crops that we know today were originally domesticated. So we used a comprehensive sample of species, grasses and legumes, from this area, um, grow, have grown them up in, this, uh, in the greenhouses and grew them to maturity and then measured a whole host of plant functional traits, to try and, especially ones which correlate with seed mass, to see what was so special about crop progenitors compared with other wild species. When you're talking about seed size, does that refer to the current day seed size or the, like the original seed size when they were domesticated or, or what? So we're, norm- we're mainly comparing wild species that were never domesticated okay. and then wild species which are known as crop progenitors, which are the ancestors of what we know as domesticated species. Um, we've also looked at some land races as well, but nothing that you would think of as a modern-day cultivar. Mm. So the seed that we're measuring is seed that I have mm. um, from germplasm banks. Um, mm. So it's possible that there could be some some changes in seed mass in the intervening 10,000 years, yeah. but um, that's what we've got to work with. Archaeological remains <laughs> um, yeah. have changed so much that it's not worth looking at seed size in those. Yeah. So, so what were some what were your main findings from the research? Um, well, it was quite interesting, really, because we predicted um, that crop progenitors would uh, contain a suite of functional traits that made them special or made them more uh, better adapted for. Uh, for growing in areas of human habitation. Um, so perhaps they could make better use of uh, higher nitrogen levels in the soil, or they could better cope with uh, higher disturbance. So we were looking for traits in these progenitors, um, maybe greater height, greater biomass, um, 
and particularly greater yield because we thought that would be something highly uh, selected on. Um, in the end, we saw that there were indeed some traits within these progenitors, but not necessarily the ones that we thought we'd find. So um, seeds were bigger, spike mass was bigger, so the, the mass of seed on one ear. Um, they were taller in the grasses, but crucially, we didn't see this difference in yield. So there were some small seeded wild species that had just a, as great a yield as modern day domesticated species. Also, the patterns were different with legumes. Um, there really wasn't um, this suite of traits within legume progenitors that we expected to see. Um, of course, we're growing these plants as individuals rather than under competition. Mm -hmm. So our next step is to look at whether there are some differences in how these plants respond then. So, so why do you think these, um, these research findings are important? Well, it's important from an uh, intellectual perspective, really. We want to know um, why humans uh, did undergo this change towards agriculture, um, because initially this would have been quite a high-cost uh, thing to do. But also, uh, looking at the broader picture, obviously traits that uh, we can find that are advantageous to crop species or crop progenitors, um, this might uh, be able to be incorporated in future breeding programs um, as, uh, as climate changes and uh, we're trying to meet food security needs. People are always looking for other traits that can be incorporated into modern day crops. So this uh, adds a new breadth to, to this work. I have been speaking with Catherine Priest of the University of Sheffield for the Journal of Ecology podcast. I'm Scott Chamberlain. Thank you.